Hey, what's going on, guys? Welcome to the Just the West podcast. I'm your host, Just the West, and I'm here on the line with my boy T Up. T Up. Super Bowl L I V. Are you there? Super Bowl L I V. I might need an I V on Sunday because I am stoked, baby. Let's go. Let's break it down. Let's go, baby. We are out here. Tia, we are several sleeps away from the Super Bowl. And you have the AFC champions, the Kansas City Chiefs. And they are playing the NFC champions. And and who might that team be? Oh, the San Francisco 49ers. So, just the West, we out here. There remains one team in the NFC conference. It is... In the West, it is the San Francisco 49ers. 13-3, they pummeled the Packers on the NFC Conference Championship game. And they are going to play in Miami against the Kansas City Chiefs, who, mind you, had their own ordeal of fun as well against the Tennessee Titans. And so you have a bunch of storylines, actually. You have Patrick Mahomes, Andy Reid, and this high-powered offense, powered by Tyreek Hill, and the gang— and they are 12-4. and four. But conversely, you know, in terms of high-flying offenses, you have the Niners, who are technically, they've been, I don't know, they've been averaging 30 points respectively as well all, all season. But it's a different type of high-flying offense. You have Kyle Shanahan, um, the wizard, m- mind you, um, engineered by strong defense and even stronger running game. And they're an old-fashioned team that runs the football. They've done very well thus far. I mean, I think the biggest fuck you th- thus far in this playoff series is to have this Niners team run so heavily where opponents know it's coming, doesn't matter. They still run the damn ball down your throat. And Jimmy Garoppolo only threw eight times last time against the Packers. And so you're having two offenses from two different parallels, two different tangents about the way they go about their business, and they're headed to the Super Bowl. I mean, tee up, I, I just... No bias aside, but I'm just looking at the matchup, and I think from an X's and O's perspective, this is something that any football fan, whether you're a Raiders fan, Broncos fan, someone, a Jaguars fan for that matter, I think this is something that will be very intriguing for all of football right now, and I'm so excited for Sunday. Hey, I'm stoked too. I would say the two teams that should be in the Super Bowl uh, they are in the Super Bowl. The number one seeds from both of the divisions made it to the Super Bowl. Like you said, there's a lot of storylines that are tied to each team. The whole Andy Reid with a chip on his shoulder. Finding uh, Patriots are not in this. So, Patty Mahomes, he has a chance to uh, prove himself and you know throw down the flag on, on the NFL land. But on the other side, you know, the San Francisco 49ers, they have been proven through the season, the regular season. They've won in many different ways. Um, they won with a low-scoring game, high-scoring game, playing from behind, playing from ahead, playing with more turnovers, uh, playing with less turnovers, injuries, you name it. They, they, they won in every single way. And they have one more game left to solidify their solid, solid, solid season. I can't wait. What are your, what are your thoughts? What are your, what's going through your head? Um, 
Defense-wise, where, where do you see the where do you see the advantages? Yeah, let's, let's go ahead and get started, guys. So, for those that check out Just the West podcast, you know, obviously this is something that we've been very blessed to get up to this point because I don't know, like the last couple of years for the NFC West, we don't get a Super Bowl podcast like this with the NFC West still being around. And so, we're going to do a thorough analysis, both defensively and offensively, and, and give our thoughts to the game. Uh, a couple player matchups as well. So let's go ahead and tee up defensively. So when the Niners have their defense, their front seven on the line, I mean, there, there's a couple things that really stand out. And let's just nail it in the butt right now, okay? So you have the Chiefs favored by one and a half points over under 54 and a half. And so right now, the odds makers, they're predicting a very high scoring game a 27-27 high-scoring game ordeal, and you have the Chiefs slightly favored by a point and a half. And why are the Chiefs favored by a point and a half? And I think a lot of it has to do with their quarterback under center. It's Patrick Mahomes. And Patrick Mahomes, he's, he's been a phenom, and the reason why I say he's been a phenom is because I don't think he's really had a bad game thus far in his young career. He has not faltered. He has not gotten hurt. He's not had three... You know, he is not withered under pressure and will he do it against the Super Bowl I you know up to this point I haven't seen any evidence otherwise okay and and this offense right now this passing offense with Tyreek Hill Sammy Watkins Hard Hardman um you know even the run game with Damian Williams and what like they have a track field right now they have Olympic talents and that is very scary because the reason why they're favored for one and a half is what they did a couple weeks ago against the Texans when they were down 24-0. And right before halftime, they take the lead. I don't know how the hell they did that or how the Texans could allow it, but they were able to take the lead and push forward. And because of that, they essentially won the game. They, They built the momentum, they took it, and they took it right to them. So when you look at this Niners defense, and obviously this is a great Niners defense. If anything, this is probably the most well-balanced defense in the league to begin with when you look at their secondary it's a top three pass defense when you look at their run defense right up there in the teens overall total defense top five units just a top five units pass rushing turnover forcing turnovers they're just all there the one caveat with this Niners defense and I, I want to get your opinion on this tee up it's this I mean you know they have a cover three scheme I won't say it's vanilla, but a cover three scheme, the premise of it obviously is to, to kind of sit back, uh, allow the front four to get pressure, get pressure to Mahomes and clean up accordingly. But the interesting thing about this Chiefs offense, especially these receivers and these running backs, is if you put them in space, you know, whether it's a quick slant, you put them on screens, whatnot, but if you get them in space and they have a, you know, um, you know, no contact prior. They get a clean swipe. They get a clean route. I mean, they're very, very deadly yards after the catch. And Richard Sherman, Jimmy Ward, like, you know, they, they are susceptible to taking bad angles. They're not spring chicken. Um, a lot of their stuff is predicated on the pass rush. And, you know, for up to this point, I mean, this Niners pass defense, they haven't really been challenged vertically. Sure, there were a couple of plays by Devontae Adams last week. But for the most part, you know, Adam Thielen, um, Stefan Diggs, I mean, nothing really got past the secondary. 
But this Chiefs offense is a different type of breed. And that is why I feel that the Chiefs are favored by one and a half because they have extraordinary quarterback play. They have high-flying athletes. How will this pass defense take them? So, Tia, Ivan, what's your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, if I was the Chiefs, the game plan is, you know, go for the set up that run, establish the run, and then set up that play action for the big boom play. That's what I would do. I would challenge the, the DBs. Uh, like you said, they, they're not really rangy. Uh, you know, obviously, Sherman, he has his issues with uh, keeping up the faster receivers. With that cover three scheme, you know, there's a potential uh, double teaming the wrong side, and then you, then you have man on the opposite side, which most likely would be Emmanuel Mosley in that case. Yeah, I would totally, I would totally go air attack on the Niners if I was the Chiefs. So, I mean, defensively as well, when I look at the Niners team as well, talked all about the receivers, talked about the running backs, you know, being a little slithery, um, horizontally stretching this defense, but... Um, another thing that kind of concerns me, you know, defensively for the Niners is whether it's Ward, whether it's Quan Alexander, Fred Warner, but you know, George Kittle, you can argue he's the best tight end in the league, but on the contrary, some people may argue that Travis Kelsey, Kansas City Chiefs, they have a tight end that is very good as well. And for that Texans comeback. He was a big part of that game plan, man. He was right there in the red zone. He was right there to get several touchdowns and get them back on track. And he is a massive red zone target. I mean, he his hands, everything he does. Um, you might make a case that he's a better receiver than George Kittle. George Kittle might be the better blocker, but in terms of a receiving threat, I mean, War- Fred Warner, Quan Alexander, I mean, it's it's a really tough matchup. And how do you think the Niners are going to handle Travis Kelsey? Well, that's, I mean, that's what I'm really scared about is Travis Kelsey. They can either target him as a receiver or they could use him as a decoy, and then that's going to open up the other track stars such as Sammy, Nicole, and Tyree Kill. So, oh, man, this, their offense is just such high power. I think this is going to be, if the Niners defense want to have a chance, they have to stick to their technique and stay in their zone and trust their instincts. I think this game has to come down to trusting their instincts and executing. That, that is major because there's going to be moments where you have to deviate away from the defensive call, from the defensive plan or play. And then just go with your instinct and just, and just fly with it. And that might be the deciding factor of the game. Philly? Sure. Well, looking at this defense, you know, we can talk about the secondary. You can talk about the front seven. You can talk about the front four. You can talk about the edge guys. I mean, when it's all said and done, you know, Richard Sherman, Quan Alexander, Fred Warner, DeForest Buckner, Eric Armstead, I mean, who is the most important player on this defense to make shit go for for them defensively if they're going to get to Patrick Mahomes if they're going to be able to contain this offense for me personally I'm going to have to say it's going to be Nick Bosa I think that uh, he's gotten actually I think he's gotten better every game this postseason Um, he's had several sacks he's had several pressures but I've seen him in coverage 
I've seen him do a little bit of everything, and I think that um, he's such an important piece. Um, if they're going to have any chance, if the secondary is going to have any chance of containing their offense, it's going to come from the pressure that Nick Bosa is going to generate. And I think, I don't know, I just feel that right now he's peaking at the right time. Everything he's doing right now is, is excellent. He's making the plays right there. He's right there in coverage. Um, he's just got that motor. I think that he's the most important piece to, to this defense. What about you, T-Up? Okay, uh, I'm going to kind of set, you know, piggyback on what you just said. But I'm going to go a little bit different this time. I'm sure. going to say two players, but mainly I'm going to go 91, Eric Armstead. I know that our edges are going to con- try their best to contain Mahomes in the, in the pocket. But to finish off the play, the puncher has to come up the middle. And that's going to come from Eric Armstead and Forrest Buckner. And I think that's the way to stop the very scary, very, very, very scary touch from Mahomes. You keep him in the pocket and then finish him, finish it off in the middle. I mean, to your point, they're, you know, their interior guards, they're, they're okay. They're not, they're not great per se. Yeah, I mean, they, they can be had, right? Mm-hmm. They can be had. I think all offensive lines, you know, there's no such thing as untouchable. Um, I think what makes that offensive line plus Patrick Mahomes so scary is just Patrick Mahomes' ability to to slide out of the pocket and extend the play. Right. And that's where the Niners are very vulnerable, latching onto their to the player for you know. It's it, I mean it's a tough ask to defend for four or five seconds because. You know, after that first initial snap and then, you know, they make their initial break, you know, all bets are off after that. It's really up to the DB to stick to the receiver. So do you think Robert Sella, the defensive coordinator of the Niners, and I'll give him a lot of credit. You know, he's been on the staff three years now. He's adjusted his schemes. He doesn't just do vanilla cover three. He's does some cover one. He does some mad stuff. He does some blitzes. You know, he's not always going to stick to cover three. I mean, do you think he's going to change anything? Do you think that, uh, I don't know, do you see Richard Sherman shadowing Tyreek Hill? Do you think they got something kind of kind of wiry, a specific game plan for this Chiefs offense? I mean, do you, do you think that anything outside the norm is going to happen on Sunday? Absolutely. I think Robert Sala and that defense, they're 100% locked in. And they will do anything in their power to stop that cheese. For sure, man. I'm not even, to be honest with you, I would usually be stressed. But I think these are one of the situations where the defense is just going to pop out of the screen and the whole world is going to be like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. They're just unstoppable. Are you scared of this? You know, I, I, yeah. It, no, go ahead. Of course I'm scared. I have my reservations about it. But at the end of the day, Robert Sala, he had his time in Seattle, and he won his, he won his ring in Seattle as a defense coordinator. So there's nothing he, there's nothing too big of a spotlight for him. And I know that he's going to scheme up and he's going to do what he has to do. You can't forget the Denver Broncos were favored by, I think it was like five or six points in that game. It's true. And then the, the final score was 47-8. to eight. Defense won that game. I don't think Denver didn't, they didn't even score until the fourth quarter. So, 
You know, I'm going to stand by it. I sound confident, you know. You do. That's, that's what it <laughs> really is. really do. That, that's what it is. And, you know, we do have our flaws. And if we lose, Chiefs, hands down, are the better team. And I'm going to I'm gonna accept that. But until the game is played, until those 60 minutes are played, like, you can't convince me otherwise. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. All right, T.F. I get it. I get it. So... Let's do a specific matchup then. Uh, for me personally, is there a specific player, mono, imano, player v player matchup that really stands out? And I, I mean, I mentioned Travis Kelsey. I don't know who's going to guard him per se. It's probably going to be a mix, but I'm going to go to what I know best, which is a wide receiver cornerback matchup. And I think this will be very much so in Richard Sherman's Hall of Fame resume this is going to be something that's going to be looked at over and over and over again after he re- retires or even even during i don't know how long he's going to be be playing for you know in terms of his life span as a niner but richard sherman returns to the super bowl after coming off an achilles injury he's all pro he's had a couple of interceptions already he had a, he, had, he had the game game ceiling interception against the packers so what is his legacy against Tyreek Hill cuz Tyreek Hill is a different type of uh, he's a different type of receiver he's not Julio Jones he's not Devontae Parker he's a fast twitch athlete he he is a athlete that you know for Richard Sherman for all his uh, abilities and his savvy i mean he does just doesn't have the speed that can match up with Tyreek Hill on a fair matchup per se. He's going to have to be a little bit more schemey. He's going to have to be a little bit more savvy to get it done. But how will Richard Sherman, who already got burned one time by Devontae Adams, but how will he respond against Tyreek Hill? Because I kid you not, there will be several times where you will see Patrick Mahomes. You know, it's going to be obvious passing downs and third down. He's just going to throw it up to Tyreek Hill. He's going to throw it up to Tyreek Hill, the one-on-one with Richard Sherman, and he's going to force him to either make a play, um, you know, win the matchup. He might draw a passing interference or he might get a touchdown, but I'm going to bet your uh, bet your lucky stars that you're going to see that happen. What about you, T.O.? Okay, I like that. Yeah, that you know, I would definitely choose that too. But I'm gonna say Travis Kelsey versus all the like the whole wide receiver core. So now are they gonna scheme up? There's gonna be situations where maybe K1 Williams is gonna be tied up with him, or um, you know, they're, they're gonna ro- rotate the linebackers. Hey, even maybe Trey Greenlaw might even get a shot at that. Do you think Quan Alexander would be ready in the matchup? I mean, you know, if that were to happen? It depends. I think they're going to definitely play zone in those type of situations. They're not going to stick stick man in that. Um, well, if that happens, you know, it's going to be help off whoever's guarding Travis Kelsey. Uh, I don't know. That's, that's tough. But, you know, I, I think Salah's going to put the Niners in the best situation to avoid being left out on the island. So who who's the play, who's the player that Salah is going to match up Kelsey with for the most of the game? Who's the who's the guy? Who would you choose? Fred Warner. You got you got to keep Fred Warner. Okay. And then and then just trust uh, Quan Alexander to to watch over the middle, and then Drake Green will kind of do his thing. All right. 
What do you say? I think it's probably going to be uh, shoots. It's probably going to be Warner. Honestly, I was thinking J- Jamie Ward for, for the longest time, where because you know, he's so rangy, but I don't think he just has the size. You know, he's like five ten, five eleven. As much as I'd like like him to, to go up against Kelsey, I just can't see it. I still remember Jimmy Ward getting shitted on against Brandon Marshall his first year Monday Night Football against the Bears. Yeah, now g- give me Fred Warner. If anything, um, it's, it, it should be very intriguing. It has to be, right? I think, I think it has to be Fred Warner. Fred Warner has been a trusted agent, and you're not going to put like Quan Williams who just came back three weeks ago on him. Trey Greenlaw, maybe... I can definitely see that happening. But I think right now the trusted agent out of the uh, linebacker crew has to be Fred Warner. Yeah, and to your point about the linebacker crew, I just don't know Quan Alexander. He'll be around, but I don't know if he's ready yet. I mean, he's been slowly getting at it, so you know what I'm saying, right? Has he been playing on base downs? He has, right? Yeah, but, you know, he's been coming in as... um, a strong side. He hasn't. Been, he hasn't been. He hasn't been a weak linebacker. It's pretty much been yeah, um, the, the base downs. The they have, he hasn't been in. Yeah, and um, you know, it's. I get it because the Niners. They've been up for so long. Where you know the Vikings and the Packers. They abandoned the run, so you don't really see base downs. Mm-hmm. Actually, in guess yeah. at that that point, I don't know if you're really going to see that many base downs in the Super Bowl too, because the Chiefs are so pass heavy as well. You know. Mm-hmm. All right, so I mean, just just food for thought. I don't know about Quan Alexander as much as I like him as a team leader, but you know, um, it would be nice. It would be nice. In, in, in this, yeah, in this big of a stage, I, you definitely you definitely want to make you can make, make plays. Those type of situations, yeah, it's tough, man. Like uh, I don't know what they're gonna do, but hey, two weeks of rest can make a huge difference. Fresh legs, fresh set of eyes. Um, new game plan, you know, all those play play uh, play a role. I'll be intrigued. I'll, I'll I'll be certainly intrigued. I mean, this is the fucking Super Bowl for Christ's sake. So this is the fucking Super Bowl. You're gonna throw the kitchen sink at your opponent, no matter what. I mean, that's that's what you do. It's the, it's the last game of the fucking season. You're you're playing until the wheels fall off. Until the wheels fall off, my friend. Let's go ahead and talk a little bit about the offense for the Niners. So when Jimmy G is under center, and yeah, let let me remind you guys about how they got to the Super Bowl. They ran the ball. They ran the ball. And they ran the ball some more. They did inside zone, outside zone, powers, you name it. But they ran the ball, and they ran the ball at a highly successful clip, averaging five, six yards a carry. Most are just coming off. A career game, I mean, 200-plus rushing yards, four touchdowns, uh, very exclusive company, especially for that t- those type of numbers in the postseason. So you know that the run game is going to be A1. You know that the Chiefs are going to get ready for it. But I guess the question that everyone's been talking about, and I guess people forgot what Jimmy Garoppolo did in the regular season because it's been, you know, it's been, been about a month, but you really hadn't seen Jimmy G do well in the passing game i think that after he got picked off pick six by the vikings and eric kendricks earlier a couple of weeks ago ever since then they've kind of um yeah kyle shannon has just been managing him as well they've been running the football they haven't really 
puts Jimmy G in a position to necessarily make a play. So, I mean, do you think that that's a little... I mean, that is the first thing you think about with his offense. One being the run game. Two is, what are you going to get out of Jimmy Garoppolo? And I know where I'm going to come from, but I'll let you go first, Tia. And I think that's the beauty of this whole thing is we know people who have been watching the Niners during the regular season know what he's capable of. Yes, he's going to have a game of one interception, um, under 200 yards passing, you know, mediocre QBR, you know, whatever it is. But we've seen what he is capable of. And for him not to throw more than 15 passes in the playoffs, I mean, that is that is not that is. I'm sure that Shanahan did draw it up like that, but that was just the ebb and flow of the game. And when Shanahan saw that the run was working, why abandon it? So there's no need to. I agree. I think that's what people forget. I mean, if it's if it's working, I mean, well. Shit, keep running the football, you know. Um, I, I think people want to see, you know, the flash, the flashy, the shiny. You know, they want to see the top plays. They want to, they want to see deep passes. You know, acrobatic catches. But hey, this is this is just old school football where the Niners, if, if they're if they're running just firing on all cylinders, that's what you're going to get for the whole game. And and I think that's what's the beauty of this 49er team is they don't they don't care how they win but the only thing they care about is winning it's not how you do it it's if you do it so I mean do you think the Niners will continue to go in that same game plan which is run the football the Chiefs aren't good defending the run I believe they're 29th defending the run but, I mean, also keep in mind, too, against the Tennessee Titans and, and Derrick Henry, who is balling going into that matchup, they limited, you know, Derrick Henry to about 60-something rushing yards. But mind you, I mean, the game kind of got out of hand where they had to be in obvious passing situations where they couldn't run the ball as much. But, I mean, you know, if, if the Niners, do you think the Niners will continue to stay the course or do you think something is up Kyle Shanahan's sleeve for a Super Bowl game plan? Yeah, I think I think that we're going to see more of a balance this year, or I'm sorry, this game. You know, hopefully more of a 50-50 split, maybe a 55-45 split. But I think it's going to be more balanced. But it all depends on the game, you know. Like I think the just the dynamic playbook of Kyle Shanahan. If one thing is working, he's going to keep going with it. If it's not working, he has a whole different page to go off of, and he just he keeps. He, he, the combination of plays that he comes up with is just like it's, it's a magician. It's, it's just fucking fantastic. On the other side, I mean, Mahomes is having such a great uh, year from throwing. I'm not going to take that away from him. Maybe no. he, he doesn't have to. Maybe he has to throw because the running game isn't as, as ferocious as the 49ers. Uh, as, you know, do... Yeah, no, uh, I, I don't know if people kind of keep that in consideration. I would they agree. They have a Ferrari in the, back in, in the garage, you know? All right. All right, right. I mean, I'd, I'd agree. I mean, Jimmy G has that luxury of having a strong run game. But to your point about Mahomes, 
Like everyone's this is this is the question that everyone's kind of worried about. You know, the Niners can go up ahead, but then, you know, the Chiefs certainly have the ability to come back in a very short span of time. And if you because up to this point, the Niners have been afforded several points. You know, they've been seeing the course. They've been able to run the football and kind of cruise along thus far to the postseason. But let's just say the Niners are down two scores. Let's just say they're down 10, 14 points, and you put it on Jimmy G. I mean, in obvious passing situations, you have on the interior, DeForest Buckner on the interior is Chris Jones on the interior for the Chiefs defensive tackle. Uh, Nick Bosa on the edge to the Niners, as is Frank Clark to the Chiefs on the edges. They have some pretty, they've got some pretty, pretty interesting pieces on this front seven to rush the passer. And, you know, I know Joe Staley and Mike McGlinchey, they're, they're playing at a high level right now. But no, I think that this Chiefs front seven can certainly get to the quarterback. Are you worried for Jimmy Garoppolo since it's been so long? Do you think, per se, he's kind of kind of rusty? He's kind of rusty because, I mean, you know, his, his last big play against the Vikings, it, it was picked off. You get what I'm saying? He still showed a little bit of tendency to um, stare down his receiver, mind you. I, I am definitely scared of uh, that pass rush, man. They're just... And then just acquiring Terrell Thug kind of like towards the end of the season and he's just performed at such a high level too. Of course I'm scared. And Niners, we have a hole in the offensive line and Jim Garoppolo is not the most mobile quarterback. So, you know, I, man, Mike McGlinchey, Mike Perth, it's nice to have Mike Perth back. Ben Garland, he's been, he's been admirable. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson and Joe Staley, they, they have their hands full, but... I think they have faced very fierce pass rushers this season, and they've they've performed admirably. Right? Am I am I wrong to say that? No, you're, yeah. I mean, you know, he's just the one concern is you just haven't seen it this postseason right right now. Yeah, I know, and you know the Chiefs and Andy Reid they're going to be throwing the kitchen sink at the office line, and we all know that Jimmy Garoppolo when he is uh, out of rhythm and it's you know, things could shake sh- 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 hit the fan real quick. Right, right, exactly, exactly. Okay, well, yes, in, in regards to matchups, because, I mean, we've been talking, obviously, about this run game and just, you know, big picture stuff, but, you know, you have George Kittle, Debo Samuel, Emmanuel Sanders, you have several players that can make a play. Um, who, who really stands out for you? What is a matchup that can really... Fuck it up for, for, for the Chiefs. What is something that can really bring this game wide open? Is there a particular player that you're rooting for for the Niners offensively? Uh, I'm going to go a little bit off track, but I'm going to say Emmanuel Sanders. I think this stage is built for him. He is Super Bowl proven. He's, he's been in the spotlight. We've seen flashes of what he's capable of, especially uh, in, uh, you know, there's been, I think, the Rams game when. We needed a big play, and he came through in the clutch with that cheap pass in New Orleans with that deep pass. I think my player to watch is definitely made up in Okay, I'll do a bit of a you? I'll do a bit of a curveball, and I'll give a little bit of a little bit of a shout out to the athletic Ted Nguyen. And I, sh- I showed you this article to you up. You read this. 
my highlight oh, yeah. my highlight player is going to be a uh, fullback, the best fullback in the league. Kyle Yuschek, okay, offensive weapon. Okay. And the reason why I say that is it's not all stats for the passing game. You know, the reason why George Kittle is so regarded as the best tight end is because of what he does as a blocker. But in that same capacity as Kyle Yuschek, because Kyle Yuschek. He, even up to this point, he doesn't get all the credit he deserves, but he's been very much a part of this offense. And this Chiefs defense, you know, they are they are an aggressive front seven. They certainly have pieces with Frank Clark and Chris Jones, like I mentioned. But if you have a couple blockers, you know, tight end, H-back role, a role that Kyle Yusek has done very well, and he can maintain his, his assignments, can help Jimmy G just a tad bit, can be that safety valve for him. He can make a big play here and there. He can, I mean, you've seen it time and time again. He can make – I think he's the only fullback, you know, that can run a wheel route for 30 yards. And that might come into play more so than you think in this matchup because I think that Kyle Shanahan as a head coach and as a play caller – let me check this out. They've been pretty vanilla on their offense the last couple of weeks. They've run the football, and they haven't really shown the kitchen sink thus far because they haven't had a need to. And so I, I think whether it's a variety of Kyle Yuschek, Emmanuel Sanders, Debo, Debo Samuel, I mean, I think, you know, an end around, a reverse, something tricky um, is up Kyle Shanahan's sleeve. Similar to what you saw against the Saints. I mean, you saw some really crafty X's and O's football. And I think this time around, too, whether Kyle Yusek is blocking or whether he's receiving from Jimmy Garoppolo, but I think that he will be a very important factor, both as a blocker and pass protection, run blocking, but also as a receiver. I think you're going to see that more so than anything. He's been pretty quiet thus far as a receiver this postseason, but I think that's going to change. I think you're really going to see him on Super Bowl Sunday. Nice. That's a, that's a really good one. And that's what I'm saying, where it's just Kyle Shanahan, I, I think one of my favorite quotes from him this uh, Super Bowl week was he knew, so when he was under his dad, you know, he wanted to be a DB, and then he wasn't good enough to be a DB, so then he switched to wide receiver. When his dad was on the 49ers as the offensive coordinator, he knew that he wanted to be an offensive coordinator. He wanted to be a coach. He wanted to coach the offense. And what Kyle Shanahan said that the best advice that he ever received as uh, a young coach was from his dad when he told him that if you want to be an offensive coach, you have to learn the defense. And from then on, he learned defenses. And if you know what the defense is doing and you can predict what they're doing, the offense is going to come. And I think that's good to show. You've seen that video, right, where Kyle Shanahan was talking to the ref and he was like, this play's going to happen, it's going to be mad, and he's going to curl out with a spotlight and he's going to hold him. You saw that, right? I mean, shit, that's why they call him the wizard, right? Yeah, and I think that's just goes to show, like, Kyle Shanahan, the reason why he's so successful in drawing up the perfect offenses is because he knows the tendencies and the defense so well where he he can predict what's going to happen. And then he's able to find the holes in the mismatches. And Macaulay Yuschek in that position, I think, like you said, I think he may draw that mismatch with it might be like that big that wheel route that happened in Seattle or um, other subtle plays that 
Carl Yusek was uh, his name was on it. All right. Tee up. So let, let's kind of bring it back home. So, I mean, you know, Chiefs are favored by a point and a half. Over under 54 and a half. I mean, what type of game flow? Let's not even get to the prediction, but I mean, what's the type of game flow? How do you think this game is going to go down? Do you think it's going to be high scoring? Do you think it's going to be tight? Do you think it's going to be a shootout? I mean, you know, honestly, if it was up to the Niners, they'd run the ball. Then it was, if it was up to the Chiefs, they'd, you know, they'd have a shootout. They'd, they'd want to go mano a mano and, and force the, the Niners to have Jimmy grapple pass. I mean, you know, who's, whose game are we playing on Sunday? I would love to say both ways. I mean, considering last year, it was, like, super boring. It was just defensive, uh, a defense game and also some offensive miscues. I want to see an exciting game. I would, I would love to see it both ways. However, I don't know. I've seen this weird betting trend. I don't know if it's true or not, but they say when there's two high-powered offenses facing each other, Bet the under, but if it's two good defensive teams, bet the over. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, last year, look at last year, and then also the Philly game. Like those, those went way under. Right, they did. I think Philly. Yeah, they did. They go. They went way under. So, yeah, I, I do hope for a bow because no one wants to see a this. It's just it's too boring. I think it's going to be an over, man, and yeah. I I think it's going to be an over. I think it's a game where Kyle Shanahan, up to this point, he's been very safe. You know he's he's done what he he's needed to do to get the Super Bowl, but now that he's at the Super Bowl, I think he's going to be filling himself as a play caller. If I recall Shanahan, you know here's what I'm thinking. Okay, the Chiefs defense, the Chiefs team all, all along they've been seeing the film, and all they see on the film right now is the Niners can run the fucking football and run it very well. So if I were Kyle Shanahan, you know the first 15 plays are scripted anyways. I would run the footballs, you know, show that hey, we're we're gonna do the same shit that we always do, and we do it well, great. But I think come second quarter, midway second quarter, I think you're gonna see Kyle Shanahan be the wizard that I saw against the Saints. Meaning that I expect a lot more risque play calling. Whether you you see him in more play action, whether you see um, some end arounds, whether you see Emmanuel Sanders throw for a touchdown for, for that matter. But I think that you're going to see some things that have been reserved up to this point. What will it be? Is it going to be Kyle Yuschek? Is it going to be Emmanuel Sanders, who, who, who you mentioned? I don't know. And that's what I'm really excited about for, for come Sunday. But I think that Kyle Shanahan has been waiting and putting very little film work for his opponents, which is the Chiefs, so he can have this moment of opportunity to get them all they're down. Because as of right now, if I'm the Chiefs, I'm playing to stop the run. And he knows that. He knows that. He's been holding Jimmy G for this moment. And what what type of play is that? We're going to find out. But I think that he's going to be very aggressive come midway second quarter. He's going to do his thing up to the third quarter. And depending on how that goes... The fourth quarter will be a mix out of that aggressiveness from the second and third quarter. I think that you're going to have a higher scoring game and it might be a higher scoring game where it's as close as the Saints game or you might have a high scoring game where he just overturned and pushes the ship 
way in the Niners' favor, and they just run the ball to finish it off in the fourth quarter. But nonetheless, I think that you're going to see a lot more Jimmy G as a passer. That is just something that I think is just going to be... I'm just dying to see happen because I think that um, that is why Kyle Shanahan has been so conservative thus far is because he's keeping these ace cards in his hand for this moment. Justin, how, how are you going to react if your boy Dr. Pettis ends up being the secret weapon of Kyle Shanahan? <sighs> remember, um, <laughs> remember the touch. Oh my God! So remember that touchdown he had against the Cardinals, where he, he did the Michael yes, Jackson dance or whatever. Yeah. I hope he does that. Again. I would lose my shit. I would lose my shit if he did that. You know. <laughs> right. I, would, was, I think it was, it was a, it was a route to the sideline. Right. He started in. The, I think he started in the in the slot, and then he called for the outside. Yep. So it was a very gnarly route. I would lose my shit, man. If that were to happen, you were to see some Dante Pettis, some Richie James Jr., something where you really didn't expect it, that would be really cool. Will that happen? I don't know. But I'm just saying, man, a lot of it's on, on the table right now. And I think that there's something that I won't say the league hasn't seen, but I think that there's going to be something really cool from an X's and O's perspective. And we're going to find out on Sunday. Yeah, we're going to find out, man. Oh, man, I can't wait. So, any other final thoughts before we get to the score prediction portion of this pod? I'm just, uh, I'm so excited for this game. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, but my voice is a little shot. I've been, I've been, I've been busy, to say the least. But I, I'm going to lose my voice again come Sunday, man. My voice is already pretty shitty right now. I'm going to lose it completely. Regardless, whether it's win or lose, I'm gonna I'm gonna be yelling regardless at the at the TV. Okay, so I'm already mentally prepared for that. Let's go, man! Let's get the final score. Ladies first. Go ahead. I've been talking this whole time. How do you see this game going down, T? Up. Uh, well, <laughs> I'm gonna go. And this is tough, man. I think this is gonna be like a. 41 to 38, Robbie Gould for the win, 39 yard field goal. 41-38. Uh, it's going to be a 24 yard field goal. Okay. Any other thoughts to, to that? Nope. And I did 24 for, you know, probably my mentality. I like it. I like it to you up. So 41-38 with a Mamba field goal, 24 yards for the win, right? Okay. Lock it in. Okay. I don't know what – so 1-8, and eight, I don't know how your Super Bowl scores are, but that's a pretty gnarly number, 41-138. So 1-8, and eight, those are the numbers that you're rooting for. Okay, okay. I'm not rooting for it, but that's what I think the final score is going to be. Okay, well, I'll take a script from what I said earlier. They're gonna run the football early on, show you know, get get the Chiefs drawn in, and then Kyle Shanahan is gonna trust Jimmy G to do what Jimmy G has been doing earlier in the season, kind of reminding the rest of the league. Where you're gonna see him open up the offense finally, put them in some really cool situations of play calling and 
kind of get them off their toes. Second, third quarter, damage is going to happen, and I think it's going to be enough. Um, I think that's this defense, for all intents and purposes, you know, I know Patrick Mahomes is a great quarterback. I know that they're very top-heavy with great offensive skill players, but I think that the depth of this team, you know, the offensive line, the defensive line, the run game, there's a lot of things that are not quite there yet. They, they do it okay, but they, they don't do it well. And I think that that will eventually come to hurt them, especially when you go against the Snyder's defense. I think that the Snyder's defense is playing at a very high level, pass defense, run defense, pass rushing, where I, I feel that, you know, if there's any sort of team that can get to Patrick Mahomes or just enough, I think it's the Niners. So Niners, they run, they go aggressive second in their quarter. Mahomes and this offense tries to match it, but I think that the defense is able to respond and get them to the position that they need to win the Super Bowl. They will run the ball out in the fourth quarter. They will keep play keep away. Um, and they'll make enough plays to win decisively. So go ahead and give me the Niners 31. Uh, give me... Actually, give me the Niners 34. Give me the Chiefs 24. 34 to 24. Niners. Wow. Okay, 10 points. Yeah. I think that uh, this is the sort of game where... They're going to pull away in the third quarter. I, I really do feel that. I really feel that this 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 defense, especially when this is this is by theory. If the Snyder's offense and Jimmy G can get them to two scores and force Patrick Mahomes and all of them to, to try to hurry up this offense and you know honestly do what they have to do, but I think that the Snyder's defense will be there for the moment. I think that especially since knowing that the Chiefs don't really run the ball that well anyways, um, that they're going to be. Expecting the pass, and they're going to be ready for it. That, that's that's all I'm saying. They're going to be expecting the pass, and they'll be ready for the moment. Richard Sherman will be ready for the moment. Let's, let's fucking go. Let's go, my friend. Any other final thoughts, T-Up? It's been a great pod. It's been a great pod, and it's been a great season, T-Up. Any other final thoughts as we go into Super Bowl Sunday? No, man. I mean, it's been a great season. I know this is probably our last pod until... Uh, Let's talk about potting after the, the Super Bowl, but, man, enjoy the game, dude. This is it. This is, uh, what is it, 18 weeks of, of pure, pure pause. It's been a fun season, man. Thank you for having me on. And thank you for being on. Thank you for being a great co-host. And th- thanks for, uh, you know, thank you to the Niners. Thank you to the NFC West for keeping things interesting. I mean, whether it's the Niners, the Seahawks, the Cardinals, the Rams. I mean, it's been quite a story this year. 2019 to 2020 as we go into this new decade i mean i think i'm just so happy to see the nfc west back and relevant and tough and and to see them in the super bowl this niners team that's been playing some really bad football the last five six years to see them come back within a three-year span thanks to kyle shanahan and general manager john lynch i mean it's just it's just all good stuff so i mean regardless whether the Niners win or lose. Obviously, I hope they win, but win or lose, I am just so happy that we can get to this point and uh, to spend time together to tee up, come Super Bowl, and have this pod. So thank you for that, tee up. Yes, for those that listen, continue to listen, whether it's on Apple or Spotify, iTunes, all that good stuff, please do so. 
Let me know. Shoot me a comment. Follow, subscribe, tell your friends. It's all good. We're also on Twitter at Just the West, Instagram at Just the West, and of course the blog www.justthewest.com. Until next time, baby. We are out here, Super Bowl L I V. Peace. Later.